And here we are again. We back. We back. It's been 84 years. It literally has been 84 years. Yes, that is correct. We apologize. It's been a long time, but we're going to talk about on this episode, a bit of traveling. Traveling on top of some sickness has gotten in the way of us being able to actually record. Yeah, if you can't tell by, I don't know if you can tell by my voice anymore or not, but I got smacked down hard with the flu. was pretty much out of commission for a solid week, maybe even a little bit more than that. But on the mend now and ready to return back to my normal life. So excited to be back talking with y'all and yeah, excited to get into some of the recaps of our travel. I can already tell. Maybe you might not be able to tell in the microphone, but I can tell your voice is already starting to go away like a little bit. From My from voice t- is going away? Yeah, because that's what's happened as you've been sick. Is As you've gotten better, you've been able to talk more. And then, but it like but the slowly... more I talk, the more my voice goes away. I, <laughs> I noticed that on Saturday when we were celebrating your birthday. Yes. And a great celebration it was. Thank you to my lovely honey for setting up a wonderful birthday uh, celebration with my friends. That was yeah, a lot of fun. It was fun. It was, that was like the first day that I was able to get out of the house and do something. I wasn't contagious anymore and things like that. So I wanted to be around friends. So set up just like a little birthday celebration for my honey. And it was, yeah, it was pretty low key compared to, I feel like what I normally do for your birthday. But I think that was much needed because of just the craziness that has been our lives since we got married. You've already said that you're going to go big on my 30th. And I'm going to go big on your 30th. So 29 was just, let's get a group of friends together. Let's do a fun activity and call it a day. 29 doing fine. We're going to jump a little bit all over the place on this episode. It's probably going to be a shorter episode because we're only going to talk about our trip to New York. But I also want to just quickly mention how proud I am of you. And you've been through sickness. You were sick. You were kind of mild sickness once a week went by. Then you got the flu. I'm telling you, I've been sick for a week and a half, probably two weeks. Craziness. So I want to say I'm proud of you because you're wanting to jump back on the horse of marathon training. Woo! So we're, Coley, I don't know if we've honestly mentioned it on the podcast at this point. I think we mentioned it very briefly, but yeah, we can chat about it a little bit. Training is going well, but Cole has had to stop training. Yeah. Yeah. I think the hardest part for me with going into knowing that I was about to do my full marathon, my first full marathon, I, Josh is going to laugh because he knows this about me, but I'm like very much the person who worries about something that hasn't happened yet. That's where a lot of my anxiety comes from. And so I think one of the biggest hurdles I feel like I needed to jump over was just to make the decision that I was going to commit to marathon training. I knew once I committed, I'd be fine. But to pull the trigger itself on just like starting that first run, doing my first long run, whatever it was, has been really difficult. So now the challenge is I essentially have to not fully start over, but start over again. Because with all of the traveling and then with me being sick for two weeks now, I have not been able to run really at all. We ran a little bit in New York, but haven't been able to run the long runs that I need to get done. And here we are trucking away and we've only got eight weeks until the marathon. So I'm a little scared. I'm a little frustrated, but... Going to go for my first run today. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised at how quickly your body is going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember doing this. God, I hope so. Because I just, by no means am I trying to set any kind of record or do any kind of thing crazy in this marathon. 
I honestly just want to finish and feel proud of the performance that I gave. By no means do I think that I'm going to run the whole time. I know I'm not. And that's fine. I've come to terms with that. But I also don't want to feel absolutely miserable the whole time. And I am going to feel that way if I don't get back into training and get into some of these longer runs. So I'm just going to try to push myself, but also give myself grace. It sucks. This is not how I wanted my first because I was doing really well with my training. And then it's just had to stop dead in my tracks and haven't really been able to do anything. Yeah, I'm a little frustrated, but it's all right. We'll make it work. We'll do the best that we can. But yeah, you'll hear more about the marathon in episodes to come, I'm sure. Some of the best, most notable wins come from overcoming the biggest challenges. Oh boy, I knew that you were going to turn this into some sort of like inspirational (laughs) moment. Thank you so much, David Goggins, everyone. Is that his name? Yeah, it's the guy I listen to, but he's not really inspirational. He's not inspirational. He's not inspirational quote. He's more like yell at you type of. Oh yeah, I don't guy. vibe with that. If someone tried to yell at me to motivate me, I'd probably just yell back at them and or I, punch them in the face. I thrive off of the yelling type motivation. Oh okay, so when I need you to get something done around the house, I just need to yell at you. Yeah, just like that. Duly noted. Let's kick it over to New York City. The first time that I have ever been there. This is your second time. Yeah. Second time, yep. And what a trip. It was a long-ass trip. It was a long trip. We were there for what, seven days. Seven days, yeah. Seven days in New York City is 15,000 days somewhere else because it's just like a nonstop go-go trip. I don't think we ever had any kind of downtime or relaxation time at all, which is fine. There's some trips that are obviously meant for that, like Jamaica, and but New York was not one of those trips. It was totally fine. It was still a pretty amazing trip. So I went in, I went in 2013 with my parents and my sister. It was, we were only there for four days, three nights. So it was a very short trip and we pretty much only did very touristy things. We went and saw, my mom and I went and saw Wicked on Broadway. We went to Times Square. We went to Central Park, things like that. So I think with going to New York City this time, I wanted to do a bit of the touristy stuff since Josh had never been there. But I also wanted to do some stuff that tourists wouldn't typically find themselves doing because I had already been there and I just know New York is such an amazing place and it has so much to offer. So I think we pretty much did the best of both worlds, I would say. I think so too. And yeah, I'm all for doing knocking out the touristy stuff real quick, but doing the things that you're going to have locals do. It's just, it's just going to make for a, a full-on better experience. And, and we definitely, I think we put touristy stuff at like 20% and the rest was at 80%, which is perfect. For sure, yeah. So we kicked things off. We were, our hotel was in Times Square, which we both agreed we would not do that ever again. But it served our purpose. It served the purpose of being in a central location. That was the nice part about it. Hop on the subway real quick. We could be anywhere. But our first couple days was the touristy stuff we did the yankees game which was was the first full day which was the first full day which was super fun it was great to see the stadium great to see dustin having a great time in his happy place yeah so to note if we didn't already mention it which i don't think we did we went on this trip with my sister and my brother-in-law for their 10-year wedding anniversary Mm -hmm. which is coming up here in october dustin my brother-in-law had also never been to new york And he's a diehard Yankees fan. He's always wanted to go to Yankee Stadium. 
So that's who we were with. And that's why we went to the Yankees game. I will say, though, I don't love I don't love baseball in general. I do watching baseball live for sure. I prefer the Cubs over anybody else. And I've been to Wrigley a bunch, but I've never been to Yankee Stadium. And it was a really awesome stadium. And just go really like the Bronx itself. I know it gets a bad rap, but like right around there on Yankee Stadium, like all the Yankee bars we went to were like really fun. Everybody was super nice. We just got to talk to a lot of diehard Yankee fans and stuff like that. Honestly, yeah, it was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. I definitely agree. The Bronx was, I thought the Bronx was really cool. It's very... Kind of like college town vibes. Yeah, that's that's honestly the best way to describe it as like a mini college town. If you were to go to Bloomington, Indiana, it's very much got that IU-esque feel to it. Yeah. Bartenders were super cool that we talked to. We went to this space that we thought was a small little bar, and then it turned into this huge club in the back. It was, it was awesome. It was wild. So the Bronx trip was great. Then we did the Broadway show. We got to see Hamilton. Hamilton was amazing to see in person. I Before Cole, I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but before Cole, I never really got into musicals ever and never had seen Hamilton like the, on the, the Disney+. Plus. You had never seen any musical, including the... Most popular movie musical of all time, a.k.a. Grease. So I have educated you quite a bit when it comes to music. She has educated me. And for the folks that also maybe are listening, they're like, yeah, I don't like musicals either. I think where in my, like I had made it up in my head that musicals are all about the constant singing and like the really the focus isn't on the story. Once you see Hamilton, like either through the streaming service or you see it live, if you see it like twice, you really get the story and like how well the how good the writing is and in my personal opinion i thought the show just was so cool to see live i honestly didn't really like the hamilton that the actor that played him i think he was okay yeah everybody else like really shined yeah it was yeah it was just really cool to see all of them harmonizing as they're running and jumping around and it just it's a it's definitely a spectacle so if you haven't ever given it a chance i definitely recommend it to people yeah everyone knows this about me i love musicals it's they're just they're magical it's the best way i can put it and those people are so incredibly talented they don't get the credit that they deserve i've seen a lot of things on in chicago and I did see Wicked on Broadway in New York City, like I said. But being on Broadway, we saw Hamilton in the Richard Rogers Theater, which is one of the most historic theaters in New York City. Seeing something on Broadway in New York City is just different. It's a different vibe, different feeling. You think about just how much history has been in this kind of theater and like these theaters are gorgeous. So it was really cool. Hamilton's one of my favorite shows. So to finally be able to see it live was really awesome. And then, yeah, there was like this cute little bar across the street from the theater. And so the four of us just went over there. We met a fellow Midwesterner. Our bartender was from Ohio. So after we gave her crap about Ohio State, which she was not a fan of, which was great. She, yeah, we chatted with her for a long time. She gave us so many like really cool recommendations and things like that. And then she gave us 30, what, $30 off our bill and said it was at the the Midwestern discount. Midwestern discount. And she gave us free shots too. I think that was one of the coolest things. Obviously, I know tons of people that like have left their home states and moved to New York City, but it's just really cool to see the kind of like Midwestern hospitality follow people wherever they go. I've met, I met tons of people from Indiana when I went to Colorado and it was the same kind of thing. Like Midwesterners really just 
bond and vibe with one another. And so she was taking shots with us. Like it was a, we had a grand old time. Like it was really, it was just really cool. It was like a little tonic kind of taste of home in this gigantic city. So that was really fun. So that was day one and day two that we were there. Hmm. What was day three? Was that us going off? I met with my engineer who lives in New York City. Was that this? That oh, yeah. The we went, so we went to Soho. Yeah. We ventured out of Man- yeah, Manhattan. That's that's still technically in the city of... Well, yeah, you know what I... Yeah. We, we went, went to out, the neighborhood of there you Soho. Go, like one of the neighborhoods. And it's crazy. We were in Soho for 10 minutes walking on the street. And then we were like, this feels nothing like Times Square. Like, it's just wild that you can take a 10-minute subway ride to a different part of Manhattan and it feel like a completely different city. It's just, yeah, that's the part to me that was mind-boggling. And you can get that, I think, in other cities like Indianapolis here. You can drive 15 minutes and, like, it's a completely different feel. But I think just the sheer scale of New York City is that you take a five, 10 minute subway ride, it's a different one, then you do it again, it's a different neighborhood, yeah. and so on and so forth, all the way through up the island. It's completely different everywhere you stop, and that was just so cool to see. I got to, I had seen him before, like met him in person before, but I got to see one of my engineers that works in New York City, which was great to see him. And now he gets a shout out on the podcast. <laughs> right, and got some, we got some brewery time in Soho as well, which was really fun, which honestly, that's why I think we felt like Soho would be, if we ever decided to move to New York City, we would live in Soho because it's like, it's a very broad ripple-esque vibe or Brooklyn too, Brooklyn, for that matter. Yeah, Dumbo. But yeah, one thing you got to know about me, if you're ever going to go on a trip with me, I will 100% sniff out breweries. It's my thing. So we had done a lot of shopping when Josh was with his off with his engineer. My sister, my brother-in-law and I were doing a bunch of, sh- bunch of shopping in Soho. And I'm a girl. I, invoice, I, I enjoy some shopping time here and there, but I can't spend all day in stores. Unlike my sister, we are very different in that way. And after she dragged me to the freaking Gucci store, never felt more out of place in my entire life walking into this store with more security guards than employees. And certainly more customers. Like, I walked into an acid trip of a dream, I felt like, walking into this Gucci store. But after we went there, I was like, all right, I need to do something that is very much like what I do on trips. So I forced them to come to a brewery with me that I found, which was super cute, super fun place. Josh ended up meeting up with us there. And then, yeah, we were about to head back to Times Square, and we had a little bit of a subway mishap. And my sister and my brother-in-law jumped on the subway while Josh was still stuck, like trying to get through the, what's it called? The turnpike? Yeah, the turn thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's called the turnpike. I don't know what the actual name is, but yeah, it ended up, you walked through my card scan and then I couldn't scan it again because it has like a delay. And so I was like stuck behind the bars and Dustin and Rachel jumped on the subway. It's not their fault. It just like, it was a mishap, but we ended up. We made the most of it. We ended up riding the subway down to the financial district and meeting up with our friend Allie, who Allie is one of our dearest friends who part-time lives in New York City, and she was able to be our tour guide. Yep. She lives in Fidei, and we knew that we were going to spend some time in her neighborhood. We just didn't know it was going to be so early. So Josh and I, we found this amazing beer garden that is right outside of 
the World Trade Center. And it's right by, like, basically where the the 9-11 museum is and all of that stuff. So we hung out there for a little bit. And then we ended up meeting up with Allie at at one of this, like, a new neighborhood bar of hers. And then we, we had to head back. But it was... It was just, again, really cool. Cool to be able to get on the subway, get off after a few stops and find yourself in somewhere completely different with a completely different vibe. Yeah, it's a perfect summary. And then, yeah, to wrapping up the last couple of days. So Ali had planned us like a whole shebang of a a day, actually. Ali and Paykel, Paykel being one of our other friends that we've mentioned on the podcast who has a boat. Oh my God. (laughs) No, we love Paykel for more than just his boat. But all that to say, we we had a spectacular day with our friend who partially lives in New York City and just showed us around to the, the pier that you could see all three uh, of the main bridges and you could walk around these the shops around this pier that they had like recently added all these uh, so cool. renovated Such spaces. Such a cool area. Yeah. It feels like a beach town and you're yeah. like, wait, holy shit, I'm in Manhattan still. What's happening? It's yeah. wild. Yeah, it was it was so cool to see. And on top of that, we... One of the last spaces that we got to go to was one of the oldest bars inside of New York City. And it's where, I can't remember the exact details, but it's where George Washington addressed the army after they had won or something like that. It was pretty cool. Think about it. Has anyone ever been to a bar or can, can they say that they drank at the same bar as our founding father? Like, George Washington drank at this bar and it was cool because there were a million different rooms and each room had like a different theme to it. For sure. But it was just like, and like the upstairs of it is a museum. It's just, it's absolutely wild. Yeah. And it's like just this little hidden gem you would have never guessed. Yeah. Just on a a little cobblestone street hanging out. And yeah, it was so cool. End of the night at another bar, they had some live music that was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And just like overall, it just, an excellent day brought together by our lovely tour guide yeah daytime karaoke at this like place that was covered oh, yeah. in christmas lights forgot about that it was like the coolest place ever and Allie had you know planned this whole day for us just she just she knows josh and i so she knows the kind of things that we would enjoy she took us to a michigan bar so like we got to watch a little bit of a game that like there and then we went to this daytime karaoke met these like random strangers we ended up singing karaoke with them all day it was just it was such a crazy day but it was so much fun yeah that's actually yeah breaking that down there was some activities on the previous night and then yeah she had planned the whole other day for all these other activities just yeah we have amazing friends yeah we really do how we need to summarize that and then we wrapped up the trip two things to wrap up the trip. We did Brooklyn, which again, just our vibe, our neighborhood. Yeah, Brooklyn and Dumbo definitely gave me like Broad Ripple Sobro vibes, which is our neighborhood that we live in in Indy. And so it was just really cool to explore Brooklyn. Like we'd obviously already been to the Bronx. And so exploring more of the outer boroughs and stuff was just, it was a really, it was a really cool experience. Found this dope ass rooftop bar and Boone just walked by carrying your shoe. So just FYI, just letting... Everybody know that he's here. Yeah, we found this amazing rooftop bar. I credit myself. Once again, found a brewery. Didn't know it had this bomb-ass rooftop bar where you could literally see the Eiffel Tower. Listen to me. What am I talking about? I was about to say the Sears Tower. What city am I in? What is the building? It's the sickness kicking in. It really is. I'm talking too much. What is the building? 
Are you talking about the the Empire State Empire Building? State there, Building. You yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was about to say the. I, once once I got oh, that in my head, I couldn't get it good out. Good lord! I was about to say King Kong. You would have gotten it then. Yeah. But yeah, you could see the Empire State Building and like the whole skyline, and it was just it was so cool to see. Then we made our way to Chinatown, which was we went all over the place. Ali had recommended this bar to us that basically formulates their own cocktail based on your preferences. They don't have a menu or anything. And so we were like, we have to we have to go there. And so we roll up. We have to tell this story because it's honestly really funny. We roll up in Chinatown's not the best area of the city. Certain parts of it aren't. Yeah. yeah. And it was different from every, anything that we had seen thus far in the city. And we roll up to this door. We honestly would have missed it, except they had this little kind of like velvet rope thing <laughs> making us believe that it was like something special. And it was just this kind of rundown gray door with like serial killer letting letters that you like cut out of magazines and, and a you paste on something. Yeah, and a camera sticking at the top. And it the said bar. like Attaboy, which was the name of the bar. And then it said, please wait in line for the hostess. And we talked to her for a little bit. We only had to wait. We went pretty early, so we only had to wait for probably like 15 minutes or so. But we got in there and it was like this cool, very dim lit speakeasy. And yeah, they have no menus. The bartender literally just comes up to you at the bar or at your table. He asks what kind or he or she asks what kind of spirit, what kind of liquor you like and just kind of what your drink vibe is. And then they go back to the bar and they make you something. It was one of the coolest experiences. It was so cool. Josh and I were like in heaven. I think Dustin and Rachel, and they each had a drink and they were just kind of like, oh. oh, okay. But since Josh and I love drinks and spirits and cocktails and all of that kind of stuff, I can absolutely see the talent that a bartender would have to be able to go behind the bar with a million different ingredients and make something like this. So he made me two tequila-based drinks. Each were, they were very different and they were both phenomenal the first one was my favorite which was more of like a the sweet tequila versus like i dark and smoky in the second one and then of course josh got two different bourbon drinks so that one, was such a cool experience yeah the second one and i'm honestly gonna i forgot the name of it but it was served in this like tiki head glass and it was one of the first like sweet bourbon drinks i had ever had and it was amazing yeah it was really good so if you're ever in New York City, head down to Chinatown, look for a bar called Attaboy. Attaboy. It does show up on Google Maps. It does. So yeah. you can find it. It's just like when you get there, you're like, oh, here we are. Yeah. You're like, what? Are we about to walk into a rave? That's the kind of like feeling I, I thought we were having, not some like classy ass speakeasy. Yeah. But it's a part of the whole experience, which was really cool. And then to end the trip, we got to see. Oh, my gosh. So we, my sister and I grew up playing tennis, around tennis, watching the Grand Slams. I think Josh did as well. And going to a Grand Slam, one of the four, or any of, all four obviously, but any of them would has been a, like a lifelong dream of ours. And so we went to the very first day of the U.S. Open, which takes place in New York. We went to the full day session. So we got to see six matches during the day. Bunch of Americans we got to see play, which was really cool. And then we got also got to see the night session, which means we got to watch Coco Goff play. Which she's an American. She actually ended up winning the entire tournament for the females, which is super cool. We got to see her. But I got to also see my favorite player of all time, which is Novak Djokovic. He also won the tournament. So we saw both of the champs play on the very first night. 
And it was a crazy long day, but it was one of the coolest experiences. I mean, I've ever, I couldn't even imagine that I would ever end up seeing a Grand Slam in person. And the stadiums were amazing. The players were obviously just, it was just mind blowing to watch, especially Novak, just like in how effortless. Now we we don't have to get on a tangent on how great tennis players they are. But I will say as far as like an event goes, the U.S. Open was probably one of the most well-organized events I think I'd ever seen. Yeah. Aside from, and they don't have any control over this, is you can switch back and forth like between the stadiums if you have a general pass ticket or like a ticket for Arthur Ashe, you can like switch to the other major stadium. And one of our matches ended, we moved over to the other stadium as it was letting out. So it was like a collision of people. They had those matches started like hours difference. Yeah. There was one just went really quickly and the other one was taking forever. Yeah. They had no idea those were going to let out at the exact same time. The only thing that they could do in those cases are just like restricting people from going into the stadiums. But yeah, I I don't think anybody would have easily predicted that was going to happen. It was just like pure chaos for a second. But overall, like easy to get in and out of. Super clean. Oh, yeah, for sure. Easy to get in and out of food and restrooms and get back to the city. There were dedicated trains. It was great. That was our trip to New York City. That was it. Talking through it, it was a lot. And it was a lot. We can show it on our phones, like of how many pictures are and videos are there. Yeah. We jammed a lot into seven days, but I'm super glad that we did it. Yeah, I definitely know that's why I got sick because it Just was nonstop go, go, go. and tons of germs and things like that. It was at the night session of the U.S. Open that I started really feeling like I was getting sick. And I was like, I'm here. I'm going to make the most of it. Our plane literally left the next day. So I was like, it's fine. No big deal. But yeah, so the trip was amazing. I think we will 100% go back. As all of our New York friends tell us, you can go to New York a bajillion times and you're never going to run out of things to do. So yeah, we'll definitely go back. If you have any questions or recommendations, not that we're experts or anything like that, let us know. Hit us in our DMs. And yeah. We didn't even talk about the memorial. Oh, I know. We didn't talk about that. Okay, let's talk about that real quick because obviously it's very important. Yes. So I, when we went in 2013, the fountains where the two towers stood were there, but the museum wasn't there. And I, we knew that there was going to be a museum. So we definitely made it a point to go back this year and go to the museum. This is what I'll say about the 9-11 museum. I think every single person needs to experience it. I will say that for someone like me, who I feel like I can handle a lot of emotion and I can process my emotions and things like that, it it was really hard, not just because it's such a large museum, but it's very overwhelming because of obviously the content, but just the like the stuff that they have in there. You could go through that museum 15 times and still miss stuff. There is so much to read, so much to listen to, so much to watch that you're just not going to get it all done unless you spend 17 hours at like a day there. Mm. And I think that's okay because it's obviously a very heavy topic and I don't think it's meant to all be digested at once. So we did the best. We spent several hours there and it was a very sombering experience to say the least. I'm very glad we did it, though. And just to be around, walking around those grounds where all of that stuff happened, you can just, like, sense 
that the energy is different, like walking on the streets and things like that. My favorite part of honestly that whole when we were there the whole time is we went to a, a little bar that somehow didn't get destroyed like across the street. And it's like where local like firefighters and police officers and first responders like would go like after work and things like that. It was like their safe haven. And now it's covered in badges of helpers from all over the country and it was really cool. We actually found a Marion County police officer badge on one of the walls, which is where the county we live we live in. But it was just a crazy experience to walk into this building where so many people have come to pay respect to all of the first responders and police officers and firemen that we lost that day. Yeah, it was a really it was a tough experience, but it was a good one. And I think I would recommend it to just about everybody. Yeah, you described it perfectly. I think everybody, including People that, and we saw this, people that had kids, kids that obviously weren't alive in 2001, they, their parents were explaining as all of this was going on, because it's, it's, a, it's a critical piece of our history. It's, I forgot what I had read there, but it was something to the extent of it was the largest loss of American life on American soil since Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And it was just, just absolutely, yeah, like you said, somber, a somber experience. And it was just, you know, heartbreaking to to just read some of the stories of the families affected, and they had the audio of you uh, could have uh, you had people, plane, yeah, people from the plane calling their loved ones, and it just, yeah, it's it makes it puts a new perspective on life and how quickly life can change, and yeah. it makes you appreciate your loved ones even more. So definitely recommend it. It was, yeah, it was one of the best. Like it wasn't expensive to go into, and no, not at all. Yeah, the the just the amount of artifacts and everything that they had just yeah completely overwhelming but definitely a 100 percent recommended site to see and by no means did we forget about it in our little recap like i said we did like a bajillion things while we were there that josh and i got to go running through central park which was so freaking cool mm -hmm. so we just didn't have time to talk about everything but wanted to make sure that we mentioned that we're gonna start releasing episodes bi-weekly and I believe, I don't know who it's going to be quite yet, but I believe our next episode is going to be our first guest of season two. So that'll be fun. But yeah, as always, please unfiltered underscore goals. Is that it? Yeah. I should probably know it by now. That's our Instagram. Let us know if there's a certain topic you want us to talk about. I know these last few episodes have been different talking about the wedding and the honeymoon and traveling and all that kind of stuff, but we definitely want to get back into kind of the harder topics that we are known to be talking about. So look forward to that coming soon. For sure. Thanks to y'all for listening. We will catch you in the next one. Bye. Bye.